Great. So, will we go? Yep. Ready to go. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to start these things. Do we ever yeah. know how to start these things? I don't... <laughs> we just, never do. You know? How do other people start podcasts? Much more naturally than this, I think. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or, or at the very least, they have some kind of introduction. You know, I don't think I we think ever even mention the word pop filter when we're when no, we're when doing very, these. So very bad at advertising yeah. this uh, this podcast and the name of it as well. Yeah. So let's uh, let's look it up here and see what episode number we're on. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're on twelve or something. Is it? I could yeah, be completely that's wrong. The, that's there, the unofficial uh, the unofficial uh, version of it. Um, okay. Hang on, I know what to do. I'll edit this out, of course, you know. Okay. Or will I? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe maybe I'll leave it in. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. So I I guess... um, 11 or 12. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Coming right up. Episode (laughs) list 17. This is so exciting. This is episode 17. 17. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, and by the way, we might we might have a new listener this week. I'm not sure. Oh, but, please. Uh, it's the so hope I, that kills you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I told Denise Doyle about it yesterday, and I, I told her to, to listen to the podcast, and she said that she would, and I told her if she did, she I'd give her a little um, shout-out. And I told so let's her every see, let's somebody, see if she mentions it now that she heard her shout-out. You yeah, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that when you said the word podcast to her, she glazed over a little bit and I kind of, I'm just going to pretend I know what that is and <laughs> just carry on from yeah. there. But yes, yeah, so Denise is, she is afraid of things online sometimes, yeah. all right? Afraid you know, she's afraid of WhatsApp, WhatsApp um, uh, yeah. voice messages. Yeah. She, she doesn't like what She's still to this messages. day, if, she, if she's about to gossip about somebody with me, she will take her phone out of her bag to check <laughs> that it hasn't magically come on and dialed the person that we're about to talk about, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it. <laughs> that's a bit, actually, that was something myself and Dave were talking about today in work. We've become so paranoid about Zoom now. Even oh, yeah, when the cameras yeah. are off and the mm. microphones are off, it's like, is it actually off? Yeah. And th- there was one time I, I stopped a class and another uh, another teacher came in. And now it was a bit dicey because I had just pressed end and I went, I turned to this other teacher who just come into the room and I went, oh my God, that class <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> and he was saying, Jesus, wait, give yeah. it a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah until, exactly. Until you're finished. I, I find myself looking at the, the the my window in Zoom going, does that say unmute or on mute? You know, yeah. I just going to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Because yesterday <laughs> I was in class so and I thought that I'd switched off my microphone and, uh, and on my new computer, I was I was checking. See, I could hear it was thundering rain outside. And I was going. Mm-hmm. I said, "I'll check the weather for later." And I, I don't have a site that I go to for that. But I, so I just said, "Siri, what's the weather like today?" And I just heard, "You're. We can hear you well." And I go, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> "Like I mean." And then you kind of think, "Well, that's the one of the more innocent things I could be saying," you know. But yeah, uh, yeah so. that that happened to one of my friends recently, actually, and one of our one of our loyal listeners, and the other and listener, yeah, she, yeah, yeah <laughs> she, uh, I, I can't remember what the story is. I was, I remember it's something got to do with her her students still being online when she wasn't sure if they were going to be online. Oh, okay. said, oh, because I think in secondary school, I don't think they have to have their cameras on or something. No, I think they all had no. their cameras off. Right. And uh, I think maybe she said something and then one of the students was like, uh, Miss, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very funny clip online of um, of uh, a teacher with some junior, like American kids, they look, they look about seven or eight, but she lets a fart and just the reaction from them is just <laughs> hilarious. If you're feeling down at all about anything, just have a look at it. It's just the, the way oh, they laugh is just brilliant. Um, also, she lets a fart. That's a funny expression. 
Let's out a fart, double fart, I don't know. Let's a fart. I've never said that before. Why did I say it that way? Why did I say it that way? I think she I meant, allows that fart. She, she permits a fart. She lets a fart. I've never said that before. Do you know what? That's like something a little child would say. Maybe that's why I'm Does thinking ben about it. Does Ben say that? Does uh, Ben say that? No. What does he, so you can't even blame him. He, no, he 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 um he's he's proud of his farts. He's at that age. He's just yeah. turned seven, so every every fart is a celebration. Um, Do men ever really grow out of that phase where they're proud of their farts? No, probably not. No, no. they'll grow out of anything. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. <laughs> True. Uh, um, okay, yeah. so last time we we did this, I think we talked for nearly twenty minutes. Yes. On, sorry. Yeah. We'll, no, no, we'll, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no apologies. But you know, I think I, we don't need to put people through that. You know. No, um, definitely not. So no. we press on with our first thing. Yes, what would you like to talk about first? Well, or should guess, we say what we're going to talk let's about? Let's talk about what we're going first. to talk about. So I, I think, first of all, we'll talk about um, It's a Sin, the, oh, the okay. TV show. And yeah. then we're going to follow that with Darren Brown. Darren Brown, maybe, And his yeah. new podcast, Bootcamp for, Boot Camp for the Brain. And then yeah. finally, uh, the album that I asked Lorraine to listen to. And we'll talk about a few other recommendations of bits and pieces at the end. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually recorded my... Um, my intro to It's a Sin, and here it is now. It's a Sin is a five-part Channel 4 serial drama written by Russell T. Davis. Davis is the Welsh screenwriter and producer who previously gave us Queer as Folk, The Second Coming, and was responsible for the 2005 revival of Doctor Who. Set between 1981 and 1991, It's a Sin tells the story of a disparate group of gay men who move to London and form a strong and extended friendship group. Sadly, their arrival in London happens just before the threat of HIV and AIDS arrives too. And there it is, it's done. <laughs> wow, that's very yeah. professional. Yeah, well, 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 more professional than we've been in the past anyway. Well, yeah, I just had a little bit of time before and I said, just do it now. <laughs> <laughs> just do it now. Yeah. So, so did you watch this before me? Um, I can't I, remember who I, recommended it. I think you recommended it to me. Yeah, I, I, had, I had seen uh, the trailer for it and stuff like that, and I'd heard people online talking about it and how moving and emotional it was. And, uh, and so it was all there on Channel 4, wasn't it? It was just like, mm-hmm. it all went yeah, up. Yeah, I watched it on Channel 4. Yeah, I watched it on the app as well. And mm-hmm. uh, it just all went up as once, which is unusual enough for a British series, I guess. But um, oh, is it because it was a limited series or something like that? Yeah, I mean, like it was five episodes, series. and I guess I think I'd read recently that it was initially supposed to be eight, but they brought it down to five because people were worried about the subject matter. Mm. So, um, right. so did you do? You, were you familiar with Russell T Davis stuff before this? Well, yeah, I had watched um, Queer as Folk yeah. years ago, and I loved it, and I really, yeah, yeah. really liked it. I, he wrote uh, Doctor Who as well, didn't he? He wrote for well, Doctor Who. Well, he he was the one who brought it back. Okay, in, right, in, yeah, the remake of it, yeah. And, um, yeah, so he's done that. He did another thing called The Second Coming. I don't know if you saw that. Which, oh, I did. Yeah, I think I saw with that. With Chris Eccleston, who's basically Jesus coming back in, yeah. in modern yeah, times. Funny, and it was a two-part yeah. thing, I think. Yeah, I actually quite like that. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. I, I really like Queer's Folk and I really like the, the Second Coming as well. And well, what, did, what did you think of It's a Sin, first of all? So when I heard it was him involved in it, I thought, oh, this is going to be really good. It's going to be really kind of, mm. probably kind of quite gritty and realistic and, yeah. and everything else. But There's something about, well, Queer's Folk, for example, I remember I did like it, but it contained two of my least favourite actors 
uh, with mm. uh, Aidan Gillen and Charlie Hunnam. I just think they're... Well, see, this is the thing. I don't generally like them at all in yeah. anything, <laughs> especially yeah. uh, Char- Charlie... Um, Hunnam. What's his name? Hunnam. Charlie? Hunnam. Yeah. Um, he's just... He's I've just... Anything I've seen him in, it just hasn't been particularly good. Terrible at doing accents. Really, really Even an English accent. Accents. He was terrible <laughs> at doing a, a hooligan in... A, what was that? Green Street or something? Was that the yeah, one he did? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he was going, you're... English and you sound like you're South African it's just <laughs> dreadful you know um, yeah but, but I thought both of them were quite good in that especially because it was Charlie Hoffman he was, uh, he was sorry, good what's his name Hunnam Hunnam I don't know why I can't <laughs> it's an unusual um, one because he was so young as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. And, and he was Gillen, good in that yeah yeah, Aidan Gillen, I think that's his best character, yeah. the best portrayal of a character. Everything else I've seen him in. And he always has really good... He's in these really uh, well-known, big yeah, shows, yeah. but um, uh, I, I don't particularly like his characters in any of them. But I, I thought just, he was very good in that. He's very limited range, I think. And uh, mm. I, Well, I don't. maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's brilliant and he just doesn't get the parts he needs to show it. But I, I find that he's... He, at the very least, he's been typecast into doing the similar a similar role each time. But yeah, I thought, I thought, no, not that, not to take anything away from him. But it, that role in um, Queer as Folk was almost that's that's hard to get wrong in a way. I think that's mm. such a good part. It's just a meaty part for any actor. Yeah. Just you know, no, he was very good in it, and I can see, I can see the appeal. Um, but I wasn't overly crazy about that. It felt mm-hmm. like. It felt like um, it felt like they wa- it almost felt a bit too soap opery. It felt like uh, like post Watershed Coronation Street in a way. There was just <laughs> right. something the, soap opery. Yeah. yeah, something soap opery about it that I right. I don't know. It just felt bit of cheesiness to it or something yeah. or so you see I haven't watched it in years so I would yeah. imagine so when I first saw it I think I was only in primary school yeah. so to me it was this thing it was really you know extremely racy and I'd never seen anything like oh, it before yeah, yeah. and we just thought it was brilliant and brilliant whatever class I was in sixth yeah. class we were kind of talk about it because obviously we weren't supposed to be watching it yeah. so I thought it was great at the time I would imagine probably if I watched it again now I, I probably, probably I wouldn't quite t- see it like tame that. in a way you know yeah but and yeah, I, that said I, I did like it I thought it was very good but there was just something about it that I don't know. It was just, uh, I, it felt like they weren't allowed to do everything they wanted to do. I, and that sounds strange considering some of the stuff that was in it, but mm-hmm. it was like, felt a bit restrained or something in some weird ways and not so much in other ways. I, I didn't, I didn't love it as much as everyone else did. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think any, but I did really, really like it. I thought it was great, and I thought it was very, very uh, important and impressive TV. Um, and certainly, nothing like it had, had happened before, really, in in lots yeah. of ways. But so I, coming into this, I liked the other stuff. I was never a Doctor Who fan. It's one of those things where mm-hmm. every time I watched it, uh, and this probably annoys some people, but I just felt there'll be some great episodes or something, and then there'll be one where we go, oh yeah, this is for kids. This is for you know, okay. and I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't mean that, but it would be so, there would be a level of cheese and corniness to it that I just couldn't go with. But mm. but I could really tell that there was the person behind it was was very talented and a great mm. writer and just you know and he's and I but so coming into this I kind of felt like you know maybe given that it's fifteen years after Doctor Who maybe I don't know is, he, is it even more after Queer as Folk or was that oh, after, yeah yeah that was before yeah. Doctor Who wasn't it yeah it was yeah yeah. yeah. So I thought maybe, you know, all of that experience would kind of come to bear on this project and just it would be more personal. And I think I've got a feeling that this was going to be his big moment, 
Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it felt like that. Yeah. And I think it turns out that it has been that for him. But mm-hmm. um, uh, so what did you think of the first episode? Well, the, the first episode, actually, I really liked it. I really liked the first episode. I loved Neil Patrick Harris in it. And yeah, actually, I, was, I really I was, liked him. Yeah, I thought he was great in it. I thought um, all the way that he set up all the characters was quite good. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was the funniest episode of them. Yeah. It was my favorite episode, basically, of the whole series. I thought it set up the whole situation really well uh, and their lifestyle and the fact that they got to come to London and finally be out and you, well yeah. they weren't really out but you know got to live this life that they'd never had before and kind of introducing all the characters and I love Neil Patrick Harris I was I really wish he had been in it longer yeah, because I thought he was, he was a great character yeah. and I loved the character of Colin he was just so cute and I liked him the whole way through yeah. but um so that was my favourite. So I really thought it was it was kind of off to a brilliant start. And I'd heard like lots of people. So you had, uh, you know, said maybe we should watch this. And a couple of other people I know recommended it and said it was brilliant. Like they mm-hmm. thought it was absolutely And a couple of people even said to me, you know, I think you'll really like it. And then, um, yeah, after the first episode, I don't know. It just, for me anyway, went downhill after I think the first or second episode. I'm not sure. Like, I think, you know, obviously the story, the, the story and the setting and the situation, and all that, I think is really interesting, really obviously important story to tell. It hasn't been told that much, not that mm-hmm. I've seen anyway. Yeah. And it seems, I just felt like it could have been, for me, it felt like it should have been so much better. And I don't know if it was because of the acting or because of the dialogue or the way it was written. But like what you were saying about mm-hmm. queer as folk being quite soap opery that's quite interesting like if I, I wonder if I went back and watched it now would I think that because that's exactly what I thought about it's a sin that yeah. it was quite well, almost a bit over the top yeah. or something well and I guess you know that's part and parcel of the nature of it in, up to a point but I, I, I found I really enjoyed that first episode and I, and I thought it was set up very well but one of the things that struck me about it was and maybe just we've just seen too, too many things that, and writers have this weird shorthand of he- we've got to get this world established. We've got to tell you mm. that the Richie character is the most self-destructive and flamboyant and ag- aggressive of the lot of them. We've got to get that across very quickly. We've got to get the... Um, What's the other character? The, the guy you just mentioned, the uh, Colin. Colin, uh, we got to get right, yeah. yeah, we got to get him as the naive, innocent, establish mm-hmm. him, and he's gone into this, and it just felt that I was seeing this very almost cliched bunch of characters being introduced in a bunch of cliched ways. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. but what I by the end of it, I I thought it was very clever because they. By the end of the whole thing, we'll jump ahead a little bit, but I, I felt by the end of it that he needed to establish people quickly. He had five episodes to do this and get into a mm. story and tell it over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, it was, you know, people want cliches. They want to understand people quickly in, in TV shows. They need to know that that's this guy, she's this one, he's, you know. And, but by the end of the journey they had all been on, they went from cliches almost to Mm-mm. much more fully rounded characters you know um mm-hmm. but i think uh so at the start with that colin character and i thought he was very good he's the welsh character isn't he and he, he yeah and he was just so naive with his yeah. you know his, his terrible haircut and his terrible clothes mm. and you know and but the way he so he he meets this bunch of characters or he kind of almost sidled his way into them it's just yeah just yeah they're both in the same bar i think that's what it yeah. is. he's sitting by himself and they're all there yeah having a great time so i think they invite him over maybe that's yeah. it exactly but then after that he just kind of doesn't go away and he stays there and he moves in yeah. and, he's, you know, and all that stuff <laughs> and he, but he 
all the way through it, he seemed so withdrawn and he was supposed to be and so uh, closeted in a way. And But then it's revealed later on that, no, he he was, there was way more going on than that that we didn't see and all of that. Mm. And, you know, he had way more complex kind of thoughts and feelings than he was showing in lots of ways. But, mm. um, yeah, I thought, look, it was never less than, than really enjoyable and watchable for me. But I felt... Uh, I felt at times that the, the the writing was a little bit cliched. So there was one thing in it, maybe this will typify it in a way, but what was the recurring thing all through the show, the motif thing that they did? To, to kind oh, of a, that la thing. That drove me that, crazy. Yeah, me that too. I could yeah. not stand that. So there's a moment yeah. in it where they, they have this big party in a pub <laughs> at the, when they're all becoming friends and they're mm. having a care in the world. And these two characters have this burgeoning kind of um, uh, cabaret act where they sing mm. together and stuff. And so one guy says at a party that he wants to do a song and then there's a big build-up to it and he comes up and he just sings the word la. They all laugh mm-hmm. and it's over. But I remember thinking, that's just not funny. You know, that's yeah. just not that, funny enough I to carry this through you... their whole friendship of 10 years yeah. where one of them's leaving the house and one goes la and the other one goes la. And you just, yeah. that's not good enough. That's so... Yeah. But I just found the whole series was full of things like that where yeah. it was like, it was making out that something was funnier than it was yeah, or absolutely. a sentence that they were saying was a bit more racy than it was or like, I just found a couple of things not believable. Like that, like I think the situation and setting and what was happening and the fact that uh, gay men in the in the eighties were being treated so badly, mm. and, and that on the way the world looked at them, and then the way that there was no help for for men who who got yeah. AIDS and different things like that. But I just think it could have been told in, in such a better way. Like the, for me, anyway, a lot of the characters, except for Colin, I think Colin's character was quite believable. I thought he acted really well. The rest of the characters, I didn't find any of them particularly likable, to be honest, except for Colin. And, and Jill. I didn't think they, Jill, yeah, but I just didn't believe her. Though. Yeah, but and that's I don't the know if that was. The writing yeah. or the actor, but I just I didn't believe that all of them would be friends. First of all, I just yeah. I just there was a couple of things where I just thought I don't believe this. Like the way you're saying there, that wasn't funny enough to kind of justify that. I suppose that it was a I ten just, year old running joke between yeah. them. That was just so. And also that moment in the pub where he just gets up and sings la, and they all laugh, and I was just going, this this really feels like you had to be there. Yeah. And that joke, yeah. if you're a writer, you need to write a joke that's really good there and, and yeah. to have that character. But that was shockingly bad, I thought. Yeah, I, I found it very, like, when I was watching it, I was thinking, this. it, it almost felt like a bit a play. Like, some of the dialogue and some mm. of the lines, it, they were written, you know, with a, a stage play, you can kind of get away sometimes with doing things that are a little bit unrealistic yeah. or a little bit over the top. And, and the acting is a little bit more over the top than it is. Yeah. It's not as yeah. kind of nuanced, I suppose, or not as subtle as it is in film or TV. But it felt like that. The whole time, I even thought Stephen Fry, who I normally really like, yeah, he think was very great. miscast. I, yeah. yeah, I didn't think he was good in it either. It was all so the, over the top. Yeah, and, and that that casting is too on the nose, really. It's too yeah, it's well, st- stunt same. casting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there was yeah, one exactly, character in it. It was um, Ollie, the, the lead character. His father mm. was just the most cliched, oh, over yeah. the top, yeah, uh, angry yeah. dad. You know, can't pronouncing his own heterosexuality every few minutes character mm. that I've seen in the while on TV. And it was just so bad that yeah. it was just so corny of an idea of a character that this, this gay character's father is constantly going on about, you know, being a straight man and trying to, you mm. know, I can't see what's right under his nose. None of them can, you know, now that is yeah, called yeah. out a bit later when the, when the, the woman says to 
Ollie, uh, Richie's mother, uh, yeah, how did you not know? You know, yeah. we all yeah. knew since he was a child kind of thing. How did you not know? And it was in yeah. moments like that where they kind of call out. It's almost like they're calling out the cliche of their of his own characters in a way. Yeah. You wrote them as cliches, and now you're I calling know. them out later on as I not. Know, you know, yeah. Uh, there was just, yeah, there was just a couple instances like that where I just thought it was a, yeah a bit corny, a bit it didn't seem to ring true or something to mm. a story that was you know it's. it's I don't know it should, it should have been the whole thing I think should have been I keep reading all these reviews where he's getting five star reviews and it's so moving and so whatever else I, I kind of felt like that's all the stuff I should have felt the whole mm. way through and I, and I didn't yeah. because I don't know that the, the storyline or the dialogue or the actors or I don't know if it was a combination of all of them now I did find out afterwards that a lot of the um, actors it was their first role like that guy Richie is from that band years and years and I think this okay. might have been his first yeah. um TV yeah. role like Col- the guy who played Colin who I think I actually thought he was one of the better he was, actors yeah. it, he was his first t- TV role as well but I, I don't know if that has something to do with it it's just that the actors weren't experienced enough but I also think some of it was the dialogue it was just the way it was written yeah. as, I as think well, the, the so. Richie Ali Alexander is the guy's name Richie who played Richie mm. he just seemed like he walked uh, straight off a drama course yeah, in, that's into of, the thing that over yeah, the top yeah. now I guess it's, a, yeah. it's an over the top character in lots of ways but, but there's ways of playing that even that I think like you Neil have Patrick to balance Harris's, that. Yeah. yeah, like Neil Patrick Harris's uh, character was, you know, not over the top, but he, you know, he there was a, I thought he played that he could have played that very over the top, but mm. he but he didn't. And and I thought I, the more experienced actors there, I thought they were they were much better at portraying them. But I thought I've really found that that it really felt like so many of the the actors it just it's felt like they just all left mm. stage school yeah, or something. Absolutely. And this was the and they're all projecting to, too much. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. that, I don't know. It it seems like um, on some level that's appropriate for some of the characters they do, but another level it's just you know just dial it down a little bit. I, I like yeah. this is going to sound like mm. we're saying dial down the homosexuality. Yeah, a little bit. it's not that writing, at all. When it's I was just, writing my notes earlier on, I was thinking. I wonder if we had listeners now. I was yeah. thinking they'd be like, imagine if we actually had listeners. Yeah, people imagine. Up or saying, God, listen to these two people saying that it's a bit too much or too yeah, it's, the it's not that you know, at but all. But it's got nothing to do with that at all. It was it was the way it was written. It, I just it, felt like it... It just felt like every delivery, the delivery of every line was make it as over the top as you can or, you, yeah. you know, and, you know, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just gets mm-hmm. exhausting after a while. Yeah. But it, yeah. I have to say, though, when the show got by on, on charm for me, I, I did enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. There was nothing in it that made me, you know, withdraw and kind of go, oh, this is, this is annoying to watch. There, like I say, there's some mm-hmm. examples of some of the acting where I kind of go, but then again, I was kind of going, you know, that the Richie character is kind of going, that guy is exhausting. But I guess he's supposed to be. But a character mm. that's supposed to be exhausting is still exhausting. You know, yeah. it still doesn't mean that it, it's, it's well, enjoyable the, to watch. Yeah, one of the know? problems I had with it is I didn't like the Richie character, but everybody mm. in the show loved him. And yeah. everybody really looked up to him. And, you know, he was kind of the center of their group. And I was kind of thinking, why? He's I, I, yeah, not and a it's, nice character. No, and also, when, when you have a character like that who does terrible things he's neglectful of his friends and he cheats on them and he abuses the relationships and stuff like that you kind of go why do they all they all love him because the script needs them to needs yeah. him to be loved by them yeah that's it mm-hmm. there's no order it's not yeah. his, he's not winning it by his behavior and yeah. but then again i was just saying on, on a chat with with uh, dave and nikki on on uh, twitter the other night they were talking about the show and i was saying i didn't really enjoy it as much as everyone else did on s- certain ways but when it hit, it hit really hard. I found yeah, there were some yeah. moments in it that were mm. really powerful. 
Like when yeah. uh, Colin's mother comes up from Wales to see him. Mm. That was amazing. Mm. She was yeah. so good, you know? Yeah, I thought she was great and I thought all the scenes between the two of them were brilliant. I thought, I don't want to give anything away, but I thought his storyline was was really yeah, heartbreaking. absolutely. And there was the parts in it where I just thought, oh, that's... Te- it, it, that re- it, it made me quite sad, actually. And I was thinking that's... You know, so I think his storyline was yeah. dealt with really well. And there's well, a moment actually. where he's suffering dementia essentially and then he just starts saying all these things that yeah. that we didn't know yeah. about and how he had felt and stuff like that and it's yeah. heartbreaking to see somebody have mm. you know have re- repressed their, their yeah. such a big portion of themselves for their whole life but the mm. the other part that uh, or the other thing about it was um the Jill character like we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. she was an angel of a character an absolute yeah. angel and you just and you just but I but that was all there was to her in a way. I just didn't believe it. She just didnn't seem believable. I just, you don't meet that many people. It just seemed like, yeah, it was all very one note. And yeah. I kind of found that with a lot of the characters, except for maybe Colin and Neil Patrick Harris's yeah. character, um, they were all very one note. They were either, you know, it was very kind of clear cut what way their yeah. character was. And people aren't like that. You know, there's lots of different, and that's why I didn't believe them as a group of yeah. friends because they just didn't seem real as people. I suppose, and yeah. I d- really didn't believe her character, and I think she might have even been based on a real. I think person. she was, yeah, I think yeah. she was. But um, but I yeah. think I think that there's a character who like they all needed balance, like uh, and she, like nobody is. Um, this is gonna sound cynical, but nobody is that one note that they're just a good person no matter what the happens to them all yeah. the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and also the character of Ash. You know, the, oh, the um, he was the on-off partner of, of Richie oh, yeah, uh, yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And it just, mm-hmm. right up until the end, it was like these are just this, they had this casual relationship when there was no one else to go with each other. Yeah. And then at the end, yeah. it's, oh, I loved you all along. I yeah. loved you too. That was and it was thing. just, yeah, you didn't kind of earn that. They were proclaiming their love. Yeah, didn't, that, yeah, yeah. It, you did, they didn't earn it. Yeah. And I just found that, it was ha- so that convenient. kept happening yeah. during it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, just, it was a bit of a pity for me because I did enjoy it. But I, I just felt like I should have enjoyed. I should have been better. Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah. felt like it was one of those things that this should have been so much better. But people seemed to love it, though. Like what I, it did something yeah. right because people did love it. Oh, absolutely! I and I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. But I, I, I did come away going, "What am I missing that everyone else seems to be getting from this?" Yeah, I, I did. I, That's what I felt. But yeah. having said that, for those five episodes, I really enjoyed it. And uh, in on, on one level, I didn't enjoy every minute of it, but I, uh, the overall. Um, thing I really do now there's a moment I don't think this is giving it away but where um, where the Jill character goes and visits uh, somebody in a hospital who she doesn't know who is suffering from AIDS Mm. and Mm. she just asks can she sit with him and she holds his hand and it was amazing Mm. it was an amazing Mm. moment but I think it was that that actor who who didn't say anything just he, he he sold it so well just his facial expression yeah, I, was so I, good yeah I know the moment yeah. you talked about and I think yeah that because it was it wasn't over the top and it wasn't overplayed yeah. and yeah I, I noticed that too I, I remember thinking that 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 actor even though it's, it's quite a small yeah. part he's playing that he really well he absolutely sold that it's so good yeah and also and like, I think yeah. even when when uh, Neil Patrick Harris was in hospital that whole the Victorian element yeah. of that hospital oh, just seems so. Hospitals, yeah, lo- it just it, it just made me think that all London hospitals yeah. <laughs> back then anyway yeah. were just, just they were just hung over from the the Victorian era. Yeah. But there was a scene yeah. in it where um, so a lot of them get their AIDS tests and get cleared, and the Richie character doesn't get his test, so he doesn't mm-hmm. know. 
But mm-hmm. then the the the, the scare. Uh, mongering of of AIDS and HIV starts and people start uh, trying out all these things they've heard to try like drinking oh, yeah. bleach and these men yeah. are getting together in these parties to consider drinking bleach to you know to protect themselves yeah. and it's just heartbreaking to see you know mm, and yeah. uh, but okay so I guess uh, I would recommend it still to anyone who was curious. I think it's it is yeah. definitely way more pros than cons or pluses than minuses for for my liking, and and the, and the, and the minuses for me were never deal breakers. I always I kind of saw what he was doing with it, insofar as you know introduce these cliche characters. He's the over the top one. He's the sensible one. He's the naive one. She's the mm. angel, you know. And it was, yeah. and he could really see it. And this is the older gay man teaching the younger gay man about how to conduct yeah. themselves in society, you know. And yeah. so all of these tropes, and he undid some of them at the end, and others they didn't. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was a great moment when that woman confronted uh, Richie's mother and say, "How did you not know?" Mm. But she was just unnecessarily cruel to his friends and just uh, that's yeah that's what i thought as well yeah. it just didn't seem again i don't think it would have been if that was a real character there might have been moments of that but it wouldn't have been like it wouldn't that have been their defining characteristic yeah yeah so i like, like yeah I, i'd give it a three out of five because i i i do think it i think it's very well made it looks really nice mm. i think that you know the sets and and everything else are amazing i really like the first episode actually i i'd give yeah. the, the first episode maybe almost a five but then after that for me i don't know the writing the characters were just a bit one note and yeah a little bit corny at the times yeah. but uh, yeah overall i would say good but it could have been so much better yeah that, that's, i think that's so. what i would say about um yeah. there was a couple of musical moments in it which i felt were a bit too on the nose you know just the most obvious choices oh yeah and that can yeah. sometimes work your it was almost like you know in an american film if someone says let's go to london and then it cuts to london and it's london calling by the clash is playing yeah. you know that kind of you know yeah, that kind yeah. of ham-fisted cutaway but yeah I, i'd probably go three and a half out of five just but mm-hmm. you know because i felt when it did make its point when it did hit home it worked really well yeah it worked well and yeah. i th- i think my score would be lower if there were more episodes i think okay. i think they got the episode yeah. count right you know right yeah so yeah, definitely. um it's a sin it is available on 4od at the moment all five episodes okay great so what okay. next so we'll move on to darren brown's boot camp for the brain okay Okay, which is an Audible original podcast where Darren Brown and a host of expert guests journey into our brains. Combining the latest scientific research with gripping real-life stories, they explore the cerebral shenanigans which dictate human behaviour, revealing how our brains deceive and confuse us, but also how we can get the upper hand. And over the course of eight episodes, Darren recalls many of his famous tricks and illusions, taking us to the place where science and magic meet. Nice. Cerebral Shenanigans is the name yeah. of my new funk band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so you you uh, uh, came up with this one, and uh, it's an mm-hmm. audible. You think you said it's an audible original podcast? Yeah, it's an audible original. Yeah, so um, it, it popped up on my audible uh, account. Actually, Audible is getting very good. I know you you're just after downloading it recently, but they're getting very good at their their original podcast. Yeah, I'm going to stick Lanson with it. I think. Had a couple of yeah, it's it's good. I I I think it's really worth the money but uh, when I saw there I really liked Darren Brown actually I've mm. always liked his shows I used to watch a lot of his shows when they were first out on whatever that was 10 20, I think it's actually 20 it years be, ago yeah. now um, on Channel 4 yeah 20 years I, yeah. I lo- 
Yeah, I, I loved that show, Tricks of the Mind. I thought he was great. At the time, I hadn't really seen anything like it before. I, I liked his kind of, um, his sort of persona as well, as this very kind of confident, almost cocky magician. Mm. But it, you, you can tell, obviously, it's, it's a bit of an act of the psychological illusion yeah. and all of that. So, I, yeah, I found, I found it really good. And um, I hadn't listened to an audiobook or a podcast by Darren Brown before I'd seen lots of his uh, lots of his mm. uh, TV work but and I've seen some of his stage shows as well but I hadn't listened to the podcast and yeah I, I really liked it well, did you watch did you have you watched much of Darren Brown before yeah I did like him I like that kind of um slightly Victorian angle he has on his, his yeah. presentations and stuff like that and this the, yeah. you know and I I uh, I do like his stuff. I think um, I think I've seen all of it, you know. And I think it's just mm-hmm. one of those. Uh, he does that rare thing on his TV specials where you do get the feeling of what it might have been like to be there on the night in the audience. It's very yeah. involving, and mm-hmm. it's very, you know. And but what I do like about him is that he'll have fun with an audience member he brings on stage, but he won't humiliate them. He won't kind of, yeah. you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he is a very kind kind of, because I can't watch anything like that that's, you know, we're embarrassing somebody, you know, f- yeah, in front of an audience. Yeah, I just can't stand that. Almost the crew Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I really like that, uh, that aesthetic that he, he works with and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It almost has a, okay. I like when, you know, the League of Gentlemen or something like that, when they do their Victorian stuff and it's slightly mm-hmm. kind of seedy and stuff and his is kind of, a polished up version of that I think almost but yeah. I, I think he's Absolutely, I think he's really yeah. really interesting guy yeah I also love his voice yeah There's something about his yeah. voice the way he pronounces his words and Absolutely. he's so eloquent yeah. and yeah no, I, I think it's great but I well, overall what I, I really I really enjoy the podcast first of all I, I don't I, I suppose uh, I was kind of hoping maybe that it might be more you know it's called Boot Camp for the Brain and I, I've, I've read it's funny I read a book of, of his uh, years ago about uh, memory and ever since I've read it I can I can never remember the name of the oh, book the <laughs> irony. I, I, had, I had just read it and I think I was at a Taylor Films Christmas party and I was saying to somebody now I was a little bit tipsy at the time but I was saying to somebody I just read this brilliant Darren Ray book and it's all about memory and it's called and I just couldn't remember it at it all says and here, he has, ridiculous. he has books called Tricks of the Mind, confessions of a conjurer I think it was and happy tricks of the mind yeah okay right tricks of the mind yeah. is the name of it and, and and i loved it so but it actually it was brilliant because it actually gave you advice on mm. how to remember things and yeah. i was going to say to this day i remember them but obviously i forget yeah. things all the time but things like you know when you meet somebody for the first time like he basically explains obviously he has an amazing memory or I, and i don't know if it's a thing of he has a photogenic memory or a photogenic memory it's very uh, beautiful it's, memory it's <laughs> very it looks great on photographs <laughs> Photographic, photographic memory, yeah. <laughs> photographic, <laughs> photogenic memory. Sure, it is. Photographic memory, yeah. or or he's just trained himself to yeah. have a great. I think it's kind of maybe a combination of the two. But isn't the memory but, thing so, where they you, they kind of make associations with things? It's like yeah, you link was, things together in a way. And, yeah, yeah, that's what he was saying, and he, and his one when he explains in the book because he he's he's he did a law degree, I think, and uh, mm. he was where he would have to re remember these cases where he'd remember loads have to remember loads of names and dates, locations. So he. Explained it in the book and kind of like when he explains his magic tricks it's so complicated you're kind of thinking i'm i'm just not gonna bother to yeah, even yeah. trying to do this it's like when he explains how he does something i think it's, it's really clever because 
he goes into so much detail yeah. you're just like I don't uh, you know what I don't care it doesn't matter how you did it but those books and that they were brilliant because they're they're kind of almost like a training guide on how to do it if you could be arsed basically mm. uh, this podcast I didn't think it was like that like it's called Bootcamp for the Brain but it's it's more so just like a series of like you were saying earlier on TED Talks or yeah. it's more just like like a like a popular science yeah. book or something like that with facts and that but um, so what, what episode have you gotten oh, to? Oh I think I've finished episode 3 and I'm just starting episode mm. 4 um, okay. But I really, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's it's great uh, popular science, pop culture kind of uh, stuff, and it's delivered in such a palatable form. You know, and it, yeah. he's just so engaging, and the people he has on are great, and the uh, the examples are so so interesting. You know, but mm. it, I, I'm really interested in in this idea he has of you know the. You know this this the two brains kind of thing where you yeah know, the system one and system yeah, two and you know mm. system one offers you fast solutions to yeah. problems whether they're right or not is another thing system two is the slower more considerate one mm. uh, but requires work you know yeah. and our brains don't like to work you know and I, and, yeah. and I really like that it's just I'm always fascinated about people getting so locked into things and and yeah. then they will they will do everything to support that theory. No matter what's mm-hmm. been thrown at them, they will find that one little... Like, you could throw a thousand things at them that disprove what they're saying. They'll find one person who agrees with them, and they will latch onto that versus the other mm-hmm. thousand, you know? I just yeah, how stubborn yeah. people are and just, you know, how, how yeah. unwilling to change, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think he's a, he's a very engaging host, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, so in the very first episode, so in the first episode, he talks about anger and, and people getting angry, doesn't mm, he? Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's in the first episode. So those stories about people getting really angry and aggression, that they, they made me feel so much better because, <laughs> I, you know, I've gotten angry in the past, but I've never punched a stranger no, in the face God, or no. whatever. What was it? Threw a, threw a thing aside or yeah, across the sky and then punched him what, in what the face. What did he do to Erna? What was his... So, what was, so oh, he came he, up and he was, he was ta- they were talking to her and her friends and they kind of said, oh, look, you know, we're just out for the night. We're not interested. And then I think they went away and they came back and the men were a little right. bit <clears throat> more aggressive. And then he made a very lewd comment to her friend. Right. And then she threw, uh, she threw a, a glass of cider, a really sticky slider mm. all over him. And then uh, he he made, he insulted her yeah. or something. He said or something her about her nose. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then she just punched him in the face yeah. and then ran out. Jeez. <laughs> so. I have never been in that situation where I, I, I kind of... You know, think I think I'll settle this with a punch. You yeah. know, what? <laughs> Throw the thing at the punch. Then she said she had so much adrenaline. She just uh, she just kept running. Well, that, but there was yeah, stories like that yeah. in it where I kind of thought <clears throat> it did make me feel. But and I kind of like and I think Darren Brown he talks about this a lot in his books as well. And mm. I think he mentions this at some stage in the podcast. It's like we're all you know we're all so alike in some ways in the way that in the way our brains yeah. work and the way we think and you know you know and well, it's, a, it's, it kind of is what makes us human yeah. i suppose there was a guy uh we work with and he was telling a story about how somebody broke into a friend's house and a friend beat him up or something and a friend got in trouble for assaulting this guy anyway one of those i don't know how true it is it sounded like a friend of a friend of a friend story you mm. know but this guy was saying, and it's it's not someone we work closely with or anything, but he was saying, somebody broke into my house, I'd beat that shit out of them, blah, 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 blah. And I remember saying to him, yeah. well, but what makes you think you'd win that fight? You know, yeah, just yeah. because you're in the right or something, that doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. going to win. And it was like he hadn't considered the possibility that he wouldn't 
just beat this guy up and there'll be no problem. It'll be like a movie fight. Right. But it's just yeah, the way you're... Yeah. The other guy would just and, slide out. And, and this guy and... who's willing to break into people's houses and, and face whatever that might entail. Yeah. He's probably been in more fights than you have, you know? Definitely, and yeah. So, he, you know, he, you're probably going to get beat up as well as robbed, you know? But it's just the mm-hmm. way people's minds work that they just kind of, you know, they, they, they think the justice of a situation is somehow going to make... Yeah. justify their actions or you know yeah. that they're going to win because they're right mm. you know yeah so it was but it, yeah, yeah. Go on. I'm sorry I just, yeah with the because I had never I'm <coughs> sure I've heard of, it, heard of it maybe explained in a different way but that the idea of the system one and system two brain I'd never really heard it explained like yeah. that like the way they do in the podcast with you know that the very kind of quick and there's a reason for that is because you know in the past we, we would have had to think very quickly yeah. and you had to kind of just think on your feet and all of that back in the hunter gatherer gather days yeah. so again it kind of there's just so many moments where I kind of was listening and thinking oh that's why I do Absolutely. what I do with that but it's also yeah. nice that we have you know we have the ability to stop and think about it and reflect and it's it's mad because it's like we have these brains that are kind of wired for a different time mm. almost you know it's still wired for back then but now we're getting into a different stage of awareness where we, we we're kind of getting a, becoming aware now that we don't need to be using the system one brain all the mm. time we probably we shouldn't be it's yeah. actually not as not as really beneficial as maybe the system two brain is but then but it always we, gets in there first the yeah you know yeah, so you have to kind of you know they were talking about all these devices of counting to 10 and you know yeah you know, taking a yeah. deep breath just to get let system two get in and have a crack at it you know in, yeah. yeah but there's a, there's a great episode i don't think you've come to it yet it's probably the best episode i think except number one is also really good yeah. but um it's called it's about multitasking i think it's episode five, four so five, think, oh, no, yeah, maybe episode it's five, five yeah. yeah and and that's great it's quite scary actually because during it I, I won't give too much away but they do give a they talk about um how dangerous it is to be using your phone when you're driving. Basically, they're saying oh multitasking God, yeah. is a myth. It like is. People, nobody I does it. Everybody totally thinks they can that. do it yeah. and they can't. And uh, and they play this piece of audio at one stage and they tell you to listen to something. And it was the, it's the first time in a while where I've been listening to something and kind of like one of Darren Brown's tricks when I when he tells you kind of he tells you asks you to do something and then he tells you afterwards you mm. know what what the rub is or whatever yeah. and I remember actually laughing out loud at it because he's kind of you, you just feel like your mind has just completely tricked you about something yeah, and he oh, knows absolutely. that it's going to trick you about that and uh, I, I love those little moments where he's kind of like consider this and actually it's funny I think in the first or maybe the second episode you know where he kind of I think when he's trying to explain the difference between the system one and system mm. two brain he gives these kind of problems or he's sort of like um how many how many pairs of animals did noah bring into or sorry did moses, moses bring into the yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and then the other one was if you have a bat and it's one pound and something about one pound ten. and ten it's really you yeah. know earlier on yeah. myself yourself and dave were, were do, trying to do math yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was panicking when yeah. you were asking me but that it actually took me a while like, to figure out that bat thing he was basically saying if you have a a, a bat and what was the other object it thing. was like a bat, but it, it, when you, it was 110, and then when you came back, it was five cents No, he said you had two things. Uh, he said the, the bat was worth... Oh, the ball. I think ball. it was the bat and the ball yeah, or the, something. The, ball, the bat was... Uh, they both added up to 110, but yeah. the bat was one pound more than the ball. Than the ball. So, so how much was the, the ball? The ball was five cents, and, and the bat yeah. was one pound and five cents, you know. So, but it took yeah, a while to work but, out because it's, it's a yeah, little yeah. kind of sideways logic on that one. But yeah, it was like for that, as you can see, I was walking along at the park and I was listening to that and I was thinking, 
I'm not, as you can see earlier on, I, I can't, if somebody asks me a maths question, I panic. I can't. I have to write it down either in a notebook or a ma- on my imaginary whiteboard. So when I'm asked questions like that, I just, I t- especially if they're like, quickly, quickly, you know, like, yeah. can I have the answer quickly? I just, my brain just, oh, of course. I cannot But then we were, we were talking to our, our friend John today, who is a maths teacher. And he was saying people are always asking him to do basic maths very quickly in front of them, like he's... Yeah. He didn't say this, but like he's Rain Man or something. But he (laughs) he said, I'm no better at, you know, maths like that than anyone else is. Do you know what Mm, I mean? Like figuring out these numbers at the, you know, you know, probably a little bit quicker, but not as much as people would hope, you know, constantly disappointing people with that. But um, yeah. yeah. Did you do that one? uh, He said that if you, there was one of the experts he had on was saying about whether you're an inward-looking person or an outward-looking person. I the, did. The test where you basically, you draw a capital letter Q, mm. like you take extend your finger, draw a capital letter Q on your forehead, and it's where mm-hmm. you draw the tail. So if the tail is yeah. pointing to your right eye, you're drawing the Q as if you're looking at it. If yeah. the tail is on your left eye, you're drawing it as if someone else is looking oh, at the Q. Big, yeah. And it, Which one did you do? I was uh, the right-hand one, the inward-looking. Look, I was looking oh. at it from the inside, you know? The what okay. way did you did you go the same way? Or? I did it the other way. Oh, did so you? As if people were looking at me, so that means I'm a good liar. Is that? But <laughs> you know I'm what? More likely to no, lie. but the thing is, I was trying to do it that way, and I just screwed it up. I was trying to okay. draw it as if how it would look uh, to someone looking at it. Because I thought that was the trick they were trying to... See, that, that's what I thought. Because when I drew yeah. it, that, it with the way people would look at it, I kind of thought to myself, they're going to tell me now that I'm really empathetic yeah, and yeah. that I see things from other yeah. people's point of view. But it wasn't like that at all. But because there have been <laughs> about three other examples beforehand of these, you know, how you do a certain thing reveals this about you. Mm. I, I felt that I was trying to draw it uh, the way they would hope I was going to draw it yeah so yeah, I, I didn't I wasn't necessarily going with my my instinct but actually yeah. I did it in the end anyway the way I, I would have done it normally without those lead-up right. questions but I thought I was yeah. doing it the other way I just screwed See, it up See, that's the thing sometimes when you're watching these things enough you're listening you're almost trying to out trick them and yeah. that, that that's yeah. what happened to me in the multitask um episode where you're told to listen to something I was thinking to myself I know I know what they're gonna yeah, say now, exactly. right? I know what he's gonna really be wanting me to listen out for but I was totally wrong yeah. so it is it, it's funny with those things but uh, now I do love I do I find I really like podcasts like this where they're so you know it's it's really like it's like pop pop science mm, yeah, uh, yeah. and which is uh, and, and that I'm kind of going through a phase at the moment of watching a lot of a bo- watching a lot of films or reading a lot of books about popular science that's quite palatable as you're saying yeah. easy enough to digest mm. and this was this is kind of you know right up my alley in yeah. that way and it's also because there's so much going on and the episodes are quite nice and there's nice and short yeah. as well they're like, only thirty yeah, minutes yeah exactly yeah so I think so go on. Oh, I, no, I was just going to say, you haven't, you know, that, that um, in the very first episode, he talks about a, a situation where he was walking home from a magic show yeah. uh, in Wales, I think. And then he came across this drunk couple who were fighting and he caught the guy's eye. So the, what he reveals or what he reveals that he did as well. It, it's a really interesting. Okay. I don't know if you have any idea of what he's, no, he's going to get out of that situation. I didn't know they really were going to come back to it. I hadn't really yeah, noticed that bit. It, it, yeah, he comes back to it in the very last episode. Oh, okay. He comes back okay. to that and reveals it. So there's all these little moments like that that yeah. he keeps kind of like in his shows where he just keeps coming back to eventually or he'll reference this. And I, I like that. Yeah. I like his style yeah. of doing he had a, like that. He had a very funny uh, moment in it where he was talking about uh, people put, when the, the first wave of iPods happened and people were putting their iPods on shuffle mode and mm. they play a song and mm. then the next song was by the same artist or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 
and they were going, oh, that's not random. This has been forced on me, you know, and just how, how yeah. people how people struggle with the idea of coincidence. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it was just yeah. how they, they, they can't accept that things have to go together. It has to be a narrative mm. that's satisfying. And he was yeah. saying about, you yeah. know, uh, coin tosses and stuff like that. You know, mm. they said, if, you, if I cost, uh, toss this coin three times and it comes up heads, you know, is it more or less likely to come up heads a fourth time? And the answer is it's yeah. still 50-50 no matter what. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then also the idea of picking lottery numbers. And people think that by spreading them out, that uh, you know, in the range of say there's 42 numbers, you don't have numbers close together. But statistically, mm-hmm. you're saying that there's there's usually a pair, you know. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. and the answer is there is no sequence of numbers more likely than any other to come out. Yeah. Ta- it's, if it's you strange... if you chose one, two, three, four, five, six, that uh, that mm. seems more unlikely than any other, but it's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. We really have a hard time. Uh, um, kind of getting our heads around that and it's like we're always looking out for patterns isn't that it we're always trying to find these patterns and yeah yeah yeah. and we don't like we don't yeah the the whole thing of coincidence but also people seem to be able to buy that people putting down choosing their numbers based on their children's birthdays and stuff like that Mm. as if that's yeah i mean that's that's a way of remembering if you're going to choose the same numbers every week yeah but yeah you know it's almost like if i pick the same numbers every week they'll eventually come up yeah, they might do in 20,000 years because that's how, you know, the combination. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's the thing, yeah. But it's, uh, and uh, that, that moment where he's talking about the woman in America who won, or she had the winning numbers and she did two different separate lottos, mm. I think two lottos in different states, yeah. and she had the winning numbers for both of them, but they were for the other, right. <laughs> for, yeah, the yeah, other yeah, yeah, for the yeah. other lottery. So yeah. she had the winning numbers for the for the other yeah. one and then oh the chances of that. And I remember seeing that show where he talks about the um, flipping the coin where he gets heads ten times yeah. in a row. I don't know if you saw yeah, that yeah, that did, one yeah. and then and where they were just doing it I think They did it for hours long, until they got a sequence yeah. of ten, yeah. Till eventually did, yeah. Uh, so I know I like I like his I really like Darren and I have to say and actually since then it's really strange and this keeps happening with my third years. Every you know I, I have them for documentary twice a week in every class I go in and say right what's everybody watched over the last couple of days yeah. anybody seen anything good and we'll talk about that for a little while and one of the guys just last week or the week before when I'd started listening to this uh, audiobook he was saying oh I, I've started re-watching a lot of Darren Brown right. and I was saying oh that's really interesting I started listening to a podcast did you know about that and he was like oh no I didn't none of them knew what Audible was and none of them yeah. knew what audiobooks were I, think. I remember uh, sorry go on no, that's oh, it. Yeah. No, but it, it's just it's, it's, that's it. That's There's a coincidence, coincidence. That's not you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I remember years ago, uh, maybe I think it was a couple of years before you started. So maybe seven years ago, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I had this kind of class where we were, we were going to do some kind of podcast stuff, and we we're going to talk about interview technique and stuff like that. So I played um, uh, an opening of an episode of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne mm. which is a great podcast he was yeah. he was interviewing this guy who was a baseball player who lost a, a, on the eve of a, like a, something like an 80 million dollar contract he lost it because a medical exam re- revealed that he was missing a ligament in his arm he'd just been born without yeah. it and he shouldn't right. be able to throw properly so he retrained mm. himself to do this thing called being a, a knuckleball player which is this old fashioned throwing technique where you throw a ball and it can change course in the air a couple of times, oh. just on the way you grip it and the way you spin it. Or yeah. sorry, it actually travels in a way that the ball isn't spinning. 
It's yeah. just the ball. He, he oh. said he said he's throwing knuckleballs yeah. at people where they can read the the words on the ball coming towards them, and that but but the the way the ball is stitched together, it, it will cause air currents to go over and they'll twist and turn. But this guy was you know he was very interesting. And the guy I said we're, we're going to listen to this just to see how he sets the interview up and how he yeah. asks his first question. It was like two minutes, right? So he played mm-hmm. it, and he this is brilliant written introduction. Then he starts with his first question gets this great answer and it's over. And I said, so what do you think of that? And everybody was quiet. And one guy goes, it's boring. And I, go, and I said, uh, okay, why, why did you think it was boring? He goes, just two people talking to each other. And I said, what <laughs> do you think an interview is? You know, it's just, I just guess it's, it's like, it's the tyranny of choice for, for, for younger people. They have so much I choice. So. And two middle-aged yeah. dudes talking is not going to cut it for them, you know? Um, yeah, no. But, uh, so the Darren Brown were recommending that. I would definitely recommend yeah. it's a really good distraction I find it's one especially at the moment I think it's just a nice kind of light it's 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 it's, it's quite it's, you know even though it's a bit science it's, it's very light it is. science and pop science and also and, yeah, it's and, it's such universal themes in it that we yeah. everyone relates to it there's something yeah. in there you will go that is me or I don't do that definitely. that's interesting you know yeah so yeah I don't punch people in the yeah. face that's good I'm, I'm such a good person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, where is that available that is available on audible, audible. Okay, we're flying through this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the last thing then is oxygen, or is it oxygen? Oxygen, or oxygen. I'm not sure, I'm not oxygen. sure really, to be honest. Um, but anyway, here comes my fancy introduction to it. Oxygen was the third studio album released by French electronic musician Jean-Michel Jarre in 1973. The previous two records did not trouble the charts, and to this day, Oxygen is mistakenly quoted as being his debut. The record went on to sell 15 million copies and set Jar up for a string of successful albums over the next two decades. Recorded in his home studio, the album contained six tracks labelled Oxygen Parts 1-6, to six, with perhaps Oxygen Part 4 being the most famous. Initially written off as Muzak by the very influential at the time British music press, Oxygen found an audience and Jar's pop leanings allowed him to make breakthroughs that some of his peers, like Tangerine Dream for example, never could. The real question, though, is what did Lorraine think of it? Oh. There it goes. Right, um, you recorded both of them. Yeah, well, I can't I, wait to hear these introductions now. I'm imagining the stuff usual. with harps for some reason. <laughs> so um, had you heard any of his work beforehand or knowingly heard any of his work beforehand? No, I, I had, but I hadn't knowingly heard it. Yeah, and I, I don't think I had heard when you said Jean Michel Jarre. That is Jean Michel Jarre. I, I hadn't. I don't think I was familiar with that name. Um, when I saw the cover, the cover was very familiar yeah, to me. Yeah. So I think. See, I think this is an album that used to be uh, was given away free in the Daily Mail years ago. You know, the, the Daily Mail, been, one of those yeah, yeah. newspapers in the nineties. Every week they used to give away albums, right, and sometimes yeah, yeah. they were actually quite good. And it was usually a lot of compilations, like Easy Like a Sunday Morning. Of I remember it was one of them, and yeah. it was like. A, and then there was another one's like all out seventies and all out eighties. Sounds good. So this one, this one, I think was actually given away at one stage. So I had never heard it before, but I was surprised at how familiar it was to me. Like definitely for so oxygen part four in particular yeah. I definitely heard that before I don't know where I've heard I have a feeling I heard it on an ad or on a TV show or, but it seems yeah, it's really familiar some compilation clip thing or something to use yeah. like background music but it's also yeah. um, do you know the uh, the tune Popcorn you know that song yeah yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. was based that, that's kind, no it's, it's kind of based on that he, he actually covered okay. that song in previous uh, uh, bands or 
uh, and so it's a bit of a nod to that, you know. So right. it's it's okay. got a bit of. It doesn't exactly sound like that song, but it's. Uh, I, it has the same type of yeah. It's the same sort of style. Like I think I remember reading that and thinking yeah. yeah it's like that, the slow down, sense. slightly yeah. creepier version of that, but uh, yeah. yeah. So when this was made in 1976. No, it was, it was released, released in 1976. It was released in 73, wasn't it? Uh, oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, right. Or maybe. Okay. And could it, would I be right in saying that this was kind of one of the first Electronica albums? Yeah. Had there been other people I, there, There's before? been a few, but I guess he had put out two records before this. I, I was surprised to see that because I thought this was his debut record. He had put out two yeah. records before this that did nothing, you know. Uh, right. Now, okay. he, he, this was all still made using analog synthesizers. So this would have been mm. kind of synthesizers that made particular sounds rather than digital synthesizers you know he had one digital yeah. synthesizer on it but uh yeah and he met it in his kitchen apparently yeah absolutely and it was really mm. kind of solitaire together in lots of ways you mm. know uh, technically it was literally wasn't it yeah i mean t- <laughs> technically it was very far ahead of its time in terms of uh, mm. how how it was put together but uh so what what was your first impression of of it yeah, it's it's interesting because I yeah so for the, over the last maybe four or five years I've been going through a real a complete electronic phase <coughs> where most of the music I've been listening to has either been uh, electronic or electronica I should say or or ambient in the last couple of years but mainly more electronica so this is when I was listening to it I was thinking this is exactly what I've been listening to for the last four or five yeah. years and it's kind of you know again right up my alley in terms of the, the type of thing that I like listening to um, I really really liked it I, I really uh, I thought it was almost the way it was composed it was almost like a, a, like a synth classical album or mm. something like that it kind of had that sort of feel to it so <coughs> and it really it, it when I was listening to it because I I hadn't heard this is my first time hearing it, but I've listened to so many other electronic artists. I could hear so many people in it that have obviously been really heavily influenced by this album. Mm. Like I was talking, was telling you earlier on, um, there's an artist called Lindstrom, Lindstrom. who, who he, he does this type of music as well, and he has one album from 2009 called uh, "Where You Go, I Go Too." And the, when I was listening to, it, and it's it's like Oxygen in that every track kind of bleeds into the next one mm. and it almost it's like there's no stop between them and they just one just runs yeah. into the next like it really reminded me so much of, of of that album and that he obviously he would have obviously listened oh, yeah. to this I'm, I'm sure yeah. or he would have listened to another artist who was influenced by by Jean-Michel Jarre yeah. so in that and I love those moments those moments where it's like the, the, the song it almost seems like the song has come to an end and it's just about to go into the other one but it's still going there and it's almost quite sci-fi in yeah, a way or yeah. something that the type of music and they're almost my favorite parts it's like this kind of like um kind of so like a slow down and a build up to the next song yeah. and i i love that but it's funny it's like it was really good and it's like exactly what i wanted to hear but i've I've heard so much of this over the last four or five years yeah, and now yeah. it kind of, to me this almost felt like it, it sounded like a lot of that other stuff whereas in reality this was the kind yeah, of the they all sound like this. of all of them yeah. that's, that's the thing so it's kind of like <laughs> if I'd heard this maybe five or six years ago then I would have been thinking oh wow this is brilliant mm. this is or maybe although to be honest if I'd listened to it then maybe I mightn't have liked it it might have been almost maybe a bit not too slow, but I might, I mightn't have been ready for it. I suppose in a way, I might have kind of just thought, "What is this?" Whereas now, you know, I can listen to it and really appreciate it. But it's almost like I've heard so much of that music now. I don't think I, 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 I can appreciate it from a kind of um, sort of almost an intellectual, more so point of view, mm. where I'm like, "Oh yeah, this." So this is all the people I listen to. This is the guy who they were influenced yeah. by, and 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 this this was the real innovator here. But. I suppose I've just heard it so much now, but but I and also now because I've listened to so much of that music, 
I'm now kind of actually recently enough I've been listening to a lot of the Beatles because mm. I've never really listened to the Beatles before and obviously I've heard yeah. so many people talking about them and I, I'm now I'm starting to go through a phase of listening to the Beatles and more kind of acoustic or, or folky or guitar music basically which I haven't in, in years yeah. maybe since I was a teenager so I'm actually kind of moving out of that phase right. of, yeah, of, yeah. of electronic music but but it is exactly the type of music that I've loved for the mm. last four or five years well also I think it's almost impossible to take a record like this and then to try and slot it in to its place in history you can't yeah. put it back before the ones you heard anymore you know you can't yeah. do that and yeah, then that's see the and then see it in the in the overall lineage of it all but i think mm-hmm. it's uh, it is aged surprisingly well i think it's yeah. uh, for an album that's you know what is it did the maths here nearly 50 years old oh, you know <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah. it's <clears throat> surprisingly strong i think i think if you listen to his next one is equinox and then oh, yeah. uh, yeah. magnetic fields is probably my favorite i was going mm-hmm. to suggest magnetic fields but i kind of thought oxygen is probably a better place to start Magnetic Fields mm-hmm. is great. And then he did one called Zuluk, which had a lot of um, animal sounds in it. That he, had, But it doesn't. it's not like that. It's very synth-driven, uh, but a lot of the sounds are distorted animal noises and stuff like that. Oh, but you would okay. never guess if he didn't tell you. Um, right, okay, yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I think, I think he's incredibly interesting and, and influential. But I think there's a certain point with his records where kind of the law of diminishing returns i guess with instrumental records but yeah. you know <clears throat> and then he went mm-hmm. on to do oxygen parts 7 to 12 and stuff like that and okay yeah you know it's like tubular yeah, so belts I, I, too and they're like you know just don't do it you yeah know? that's the thing because i've never liked it you know when people have kind of said you know that that type of music is quite you know a bit samey or it all mm. kind of sounds the same right after all but i i, I suppose like that i probably am getting to a stage now where it is. It's not that it's all. Straight, it's all. It sounds. It's not that it's. It sounds the same. I suppose it's all just so familiar now. Yeah, yeah. In a way, it's almost lost the yeah. the novelty of it that I've had for a long time. Yeah. But now it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that. But it kind of sounds like playing everything yeah, I've been listening absolutely. to for the last. There's yeah, also there's a great uh, podcast with Matt Berry interviewing Jean Michel mm-hmm. Jarre about all his records. Mm. It's like six or eight parts to it. It's really good. And, right. Um, okay. But. Uh, if just as a side note, while I think to say it, uh, if you're getting into the Beatles, I would recommend the recent remixed and remastered versions of Sgt. Pepper, Abbey Road and White Album, because right, well, <coughs> yeah. I don't know if you've heard them yet. The, the, yeah, I the, have, re, the yeah. recent re- released ones. I, I think, well, are they the ones I've just been listening to the ones on, on that are on Spotify, which I think are the most recently you, um, um, released ones, but maybe not. But uh, there's there's versions of those records that are so badly mixed where you have all the guitars on one side, all the bass and drums on the other in your headphones. But these oh, these records okay. were released um, in the last three or four years where they took Sgt. Pepper and they remixed it as if it was a, a modern band. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, okay. I don't think I've no. I, it's I think the one I'm listening to is a revelation of just like how good. Because I would listen to those records. I go, why do these records have no punch to them? They just sound very weakly played, and there's no kick drum mm. in it to be heard. And these just sound amazing. It's like the yeah. vocals are up front in the middle, and this drum oh, sounds right. solid, and the bass is unbelievably good. And so those, okay, I think right. this, if you look at there's a Sergeant Pepper. Uh, version on Spotify that has a yellow stripe down the side 
I think it's on the left hand side. That's the one, and I think okay, that stripe might be on the other ones as well. You'll see, okay, like I must look out for that. You'll see, like like twenty nineteen remaster remix. And remaster. that's how yeah. recent it is, yeah. right? Because I think yeah. the ones I've been listening to have been. Yeah, they said remastered, but I think it's more like two thousand nine. They did do remasters back then, and they did sound quite good. But this was yeah. like stereo remix and remasters. Just oh, so I must good. say, yeah, I must try and yeah. find them. Yeah, I have to say, Abbey Road is my favorite. It's unbelievable at the moment. I, yeah, yeah, I just you never give your you never give me your money. It's just one of my favorite songs. That whole it's, it's funny medley at the end. Yeah, and then when great. it comes it comes back in then and carry 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 that weight. Yeah, yeah, carry that weight. And oh, I love it. It's all just so rousing and yeah, it's so funny because with the Beatles, obviously, I've just heard so much about them. Yeah, and yeah. I, I never never thought you know oh, why they're so overrated because I kind of thought yeah. when they hold this place in music history, there must be something yeah. amazing. Not I mean, but you know what I, I have to I love the early Beatles stuff as well yeah. I think like I remember I, I have a friend who's mad into the Beatles and he was saying look I would I was telling them I want to listen to all the Beatles albums now in full because I've never mm. done that and he kind of said well I'd recommend you start from Help and, and in chronolo- chronological order from Help but I really like Please Please Me yeah. as well is that, is that the name yeah, yeah. yeah I just think even their early stuff when I listen to it now just the, the melodies and the harmonies so and all yeah. of that and I just, considering it is different yeah. to other stuff even back then Definitely. I think it's, it's quite even the really early stuff yeah. is quite different but I, I think when they get to, to Rubber Soul and Revolver I think they're kind yeah, of they very much changed yeah their but also very much it was the first they were the first records where they I think they wrote all the songs with no covers on them mm. and uh, right, yeah. and I think that was kind of the birth of the modern album because most people didn't write their own songs and you know right. albums weren't done in that way they were just collections of singles and filler and stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. so um but their story is just such a cinematic story it's just so good yeah. but that, on, on abbey road at the end when it comes back into uh after the medley and carry that weight and the drum solo happens and then yeah. each beat yeah. takes a turn doing a solo and i yeah, think yeah, that yeah. was one of if not the last thing they ever recorded knowing yeah, that the band was so. ending and I think yeah. you can hear that in it. I think you can hear it. Yeah. And uh, but I'm yeah. really looking forward to the Peter Jackson documentary that's coming out, which takes all the Let It Be footage, and oh. it's he's kind of because the I saw Let It Be on a bootleg video mm. years ago, and it's a miserable looking experience. It really is. Mm. But uh, mm-hmm. this apparently is not the case. It wasn't like that, you know. So I think right. it'd be interesting to see it. And there's a great trailer up online, uh, and you could do, I was looking at it going, they're all in their mid to late 20s here I know one of them is 30 the Beatles were finished and not one of them was 30 you know really? yeah they, they were that young yeah. when they ended yeah. they, oh my their God. first album and yeah. their last album were seven years apart you know yeah that was one thing yeah Aiden was we were saying that um, in this group that I have about when I send them I'm going to start listening to the Beatles and Aiden's a, kind of a Beatles fanatic and he said that that it went for over, over only spanned mm. over seven to nine yeah. years is it seven years Se- or nine seven years, years. seven crazy. years of albums nine years as a band I think maybe ten right okay but it's just that's just mental yeah. but um, and if you look yeah, at no, the, the change from 64 to 67 which I think is hell, a revolver to Sgt. Pepper it's just unbelievable mm. you know yeah, you yeah. listening to them in chronological order is good because you can really hear when their sound oh, starts absolutely. to change. Yeah, yeah. And then there's I really like Rubber Soul as well. That's great. Uh, there's yeah. some really the, yeah, there's really, really good, good, really good on songs on that. But yeah, no, so that's the thing. So that's the type of music that I'm listening to at nice. the moment. <laughs> so when I listened to Oxygen, it was like, Oh yeah, this is all brilliant. This I really new fangled like music. 
Yeah, from the 70s. but it's it's yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. But it's kind of like, oh right, yeah, they, yeah that's fine. I'm gonna listen to this stuff yes. now, for, you yeah. know. Because but uh, but having said that, I I do I'll probably I have a feeling I could come back to oxygen oxygen in yeah. maybe 10 years or yeah. something and think yeah. yeah that is really good yeah. that was a really good well, idea, I, I, so, I, if you get the inclination I would go with Magnetic Fields and just check that out I think okay. that's a that's a really great record um, okay right. so great. glad you, like, you liked it that's great yeah no it's very good brilliant so and, um, what are we going to do we're going to round up some recommendations or was there anything else to I think we should round up with some recommendations and some final thoughts on the um, Oprah Winfrey oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah Meghan Markle course, and uh, Harry well I watched it Harry Windsor is I guess that so. <laughs> Harry Buckingham <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes, it is Windsor, Harry isn't it? Prince. It is Windsor, I isn't it? So. Yeah. She's Elizabeth Windsor. Yes. The Queen is Elizabeth but Windsor. I, I, isn't I she? Is that a is that a uh her her official name or is that just I don't know. It's is it a real name? Uh, I think it was the Windsor I think was given to I, I'm not really sure. I only know this from the Crown. Yeah. The I'm gonna look up something now. What <laughs> is assertive. Prince? I'm not saying that she's taken his name, but nobody seems to know <laughs> Prince Philip's surname. Oh, Prince Philip's yeah. surname. Yeah, but he had to kind of take her name. He took though, Philip Mountbatten. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. but And then, so she had to, he had, it wasn't that the whole thing, according to the Crown. He was really annoyed about the fact that she was the only woman in the country who didn't take her husband's name. Yeah. So she kept her name. And I think he kind of had to keep, oh, no, maybe he doesn't have to keep her name. Maybe he just keeps his own name. I don't, I'm not sure. He, if you look up uh, what was Prince Philip's surname before Mountbatten, and it says, in 1947, when Prince Philip of Greece became naturalised, he assumed the name of Philip Mountbatten as a lieutenant in the mm. Royal Navy. But that doesn't answer Good the question. You know? yeah. What like was I said? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I know, that's strange. But, uh, but, but you've, um, you've seen the interview. Anyway, yeah, I you? watched it last night. Yeah. It, yeah. God, it, it was long. It was really long. Yeah, an hour um, and a half. And apparently the full thing was like three hours. They cut yeah, it down okay. to an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I was surprised by anything in it. I thought the revelation of somebody asking or speculating as to how branded the, the Archie's skin would be was pretty shocking and surprising. Oh. Who do you think that was? Prince Philip. Or have they said it's not I, him? It, apparently it's not it him. Would be, it it would be true to form. Oh, did they not come out and yeah. say it wasn't Charles? Uh, uh, oh, did he? I don't know. I think it was either. I'm like obviously not narrowing down that much. I think it's either Charles or William. Well, actually, because who else would be talking to him? About I just that? typed into Google who asked, and the first selection was <laughs> the first section. Our suggestion was about skin color. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, really? God. God. <laughs> and what are people saying on the internet? Uh, let's see. It, it, nobody seems to think it was the Queen, that's for all. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Actually, the Queen, in fairness to her, oh, she kind of came out quite well yeah, out of the whole did. interview. Harry wanted to be clear that it was not his grandmother, the Queen, or his grandfather, Prince Philip. Yeah, I have a, I have a feeling it was Charlie. Yeah, I'd say it would Charles. have to be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. He came out very badly, yeah. in fairness. But, yeah, kind of the overall tone was just, yeah, just... Do, do not get involved with the royal family. Oh, it does not seem like a, a good place to be no. involved. But it's mad the way they call it the firm. Yeah, like they, they refer to it as the firm, yeah. and they refer to it as the institution, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But it is like I, I believe everything she was saying. Me I'd too. say it was terrible for her, and the way they treated her, and when she was asking for help and all that. That is. Uh, you know that was terrible it's interesting the reaction against her since it's come out mm. there's something about her that some people just don't seem to i think there's something about it that maybe 
I generally think maybe it's the fact that she's quite confident and she uh, I think yeah. there's something about sometimes seeing a confident woman on TV people some people just don't yeah. like that and I think she can come across as quite smug yeah. to other people but actually I think that's probably just a confidence thing but also a confident American yeah, thing I think and, uh, but I think also someone like uh, Kate Middleton is very mm-hmm. kind of you know very quiet very reserved and stuff like that yeah. and I guess the the other side of that is you know she knows her place. That's the way people. Yeah. Oh, that's, she doesn't that's have notions. That's what people. Yeah, and I guess yeah. someone like oh, exactly. Meghan Markle is a bit more. You know, she's independently wealthy. She doesn't need. She's not mm. in awe of the royal family. She didn't grow up yeah, kind of hearing yeah, about him every yeah, she other grew day. Up with that, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I she came across quite well. I thought. You know. I, mm. Is it a case that? I guess Piers Morgan aside, is that oh, she God, does yeah. she seem to rub women up the wrong way more than she? annoys men maybe see I don't have a problem with no. that but yeah it seems like yeah it seems like there's some women who don't there's plenty of men like don't but get again, me wrong but it just yeah I, I still think that's a yeah I think that's like I think that sexism towards women is there on both sides mm. like it's coming from men and women oh myself God, yeah. And we were, I was just talking about this earlier on as well. I find this even in, in meetings sometimes, I think, uh, and uh, myself and Dave were talking about this, that, you know, a, a, a woman says something and, and she's kind of thought of as, you know, she might be complaining or not complaining. She might say something about maybe a system that isn't working in the, in the college yeah. or is there's a problem there or whatever else. And it can come across as kind of a naggy or, or whatever. They're, yeah. they're, they're just complaining again. But a man could say the exact same thing. And, and, and he was even yeah. saying as a man, it doesn't feel like that mm. to him. And it doesn't come across like that to other people yeah. as well. Yeah. And I think there is that there is that kind of, I think that's that's people's problem with Meghan Markle. is the fact that she's kind of standing up for herself and saying that this wasn't okay. And it's not okay that they did this. And I think there's this overwhelming sense of people just going, oh, just keep it to yourself. Whereas I don't think yeah. people would say that to a man. I, no, I just think it, because wouldn't. she's a woman yeah. that she gets such a much harsher treatment from men and women. Yeah. I think that comes from both sides. But I don't think it's just from men. I think so. But also this idea, I think there's an idea of, oh, you're, you're in the royal family, you're loaded, you can do what you want, just shut up. You yeah. know, as, yeah. as if that yeah, is somehow, you know... That's just a horrible thing to aspire to. Just you're you're rich, you're, you know, uh, oh, you didn't get to call your child a prince. And I think her point about Mm. that was, you know, well, why is why are things being changed in law? Oh yeah, that was crazy. Is, you know, I didn't so, know so blatant, that that was taken you know? away from him. Yeah, yeah really blatant. But yeah, it was interesting. It was funny though. I asked my students. I said, "Did everyone watch the interview?" Mm. And they were like, "Yeah, some of them did." And and I said, "What do you think?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, God, it was, it was great." And I said, "Oh, what did you think about Oprah Winfrey's interviewing style?" Because we would have, mm. yeah, you know, yeah. we talk about interview styles, and we we talk about that every so often. We mentioned we've mentioned her before, and one of them was said, "Oh yeah, she's oh, Oprah's whopper." <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds like an anagram of. Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a funny way to describe uh, Whopper, but I do, I do, I do really like some of Oprah's interview techniques. Like she couldn't do it there, but she tends to touch people a lot when yeah. she's talking to them, and she repeats what they're saying, and just the kind of you know, were you silent? Or silence. She's <laughs> like, oh, Oprah, I love the way Oprah talks. But she's so, it is quite comical though. Like there's always something quite comical about the way There's a very funny, yeah. Um, there's a very, very funny clip on Conan O'Brien of the comedian Bill Burr talking about Oprah's reaction to Lance, when she was interviewing Lance Armstrong. And she was so mm. shocked, you know, that he would have cheated <laughs> and stuff. And he was going, you know, but, you know, wasn't her, her show all about, 
you know, she would have like little people on and, and kind of ridiculing them with their various problems and love life and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. and she said uh, she she had to do that for the first part of her career, but she you know she stood on the shoulders of those little people and climbed up and made herself <laughs> you know to what she is today. Yeah. But you know this just I just was stunned, not stunned. It wasn't that bad, but it was kind of like I was surprised <laughs> to see her reaction to the idea that there was racism in the world. You know when mm-hmm. she when Meghan Markle mentions the um, uh, the the conversation about skin color and she's what you know and you're just going <laughs> this. Stop acting like this the first time you ever heard anything like this, you know. It's just, I know, it was yeah. a bit... So Some of the things almost seemed a little bit active, yeah, I yeah. thought, in a way, very over the top. But, no, it was an interesting, interesting piece of TV, anyway. And it's funny, there hasn't been something like that in a while where, like, a, almost, you know, there's a lot yeah. of millions of people oh, around absolutely. the world watching this the, this one thing. Maybe, but, maybe but that was interesting. Harry's so, mother was maybe mm. the last time that something, an interview like that, yeah. went, you know. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, what else are you watching at the moment? Anything um, you can recommend? N- nothing really. I'm not really watching anything that's really grabbing me at the moment. But I, uh, I had a few uh, things to recommend. I could just find them now. I think I've just moved on. Oh yeah, the um, there's a couple of podcasts I wanted to recommend. One is Tony Cantwell's mm-hmm. hit show. Have you seen this? Oh, I love Tony Cantwell. He's, he's, so, he's funny. so good. Yeah, yeah, it is. And yeah. It's impressions are so. Funny. But that show is just great. He was talking about the Gale talk there the other day. That that was just so good. And oh, the thing I'm watching on TV that is really grabbing me is Alan versus Faro. Woody Allen versus Mia Farrow, the HBO oh, documentary. Oh, I haven't seen that. There's right, I haven't seen that It's a four-part thing, that, and the fourth part is going out on Sunday. It's right, okay. very damning of him. Is this? I'd say so. No, I, I remember, like, I was a big Woody Allen fan when, like, in like twenties and thirties and stuff like that. And I remember, mm. but I remember watching Manhattan, and you get this beautiful opening uh, sequence of New York set to Gershwin's music and black and white, amazing, beautiful. And then it cuts mm. to him in a restaurant with his intellectual friends, and he's with this seventeen-year-old girl. And he's mm. going on about, I'm dating this girl who does homework. She's 17, I'm 42. And, the, and then she goes off and to the bathroom and his mate turns to him and he's going, uh, oh, she's lovely, she's great, you know, she's a great girl. And he's going, but she's, she, I could beat up her father and stuff like this. And I remember going, I thought that was creepy from the get-go. How is yes. this guy? I mean, it's just, and it's, you know, it's not an idea he plucked out of the air. He was involved yeah. with somebody... Uh, early on in his life well not early on in their life not so much his like there was a similar situation where he was seeing somebody of a similar age when he was in his in his, in his early 40s you know God, and yeah. they, they even I, go to there's a particular library in in America where he has submitted copies of every script he's ever written even unpublished ones and they right. all have and these early drafts and nearly all of them have this much older man with a much younger woman, you know, Crazy. right side of the law in most case, in, in almost all cases, mm. but very close. And you just, yeah. and like in an interview yeah, there, he like, said, uh, after being accused of, of, of child molestation, he said, I'm not a child molester. And believe me, I've had plenty of opportunities in the past. And they kind of go, that is not would, what a normal person would <laughs> say. Not what you say. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, the fact no, that he doesn't no, it, know that that's not what to say. Yeah, he obviously seems to, maybe he thinks what, not that it makes it right, but maybe he seems to, has rationalised yeah, in his head that it's absolutely. not, as, it's not like I'm, you know, a paedophile yeah. or something with little kids. Now, like, yeah. he, maybe he just doesn't get it. But And also but, there's God. a lot of taped conversations where she is talking to him about what he did to Dylan and his, his daughter, you know. And he, right. he's just not denying it. 
you know yeah you think you, you think know, it's somebody to be on this again i told you i never did that you know but he just yeah yeah i don't know it, it's right like so that's good so you're you're, you're watching yeah, that very good really well right. put together I watch that. Uh, yeah. and the final thing I'd, I'd recommend is a podcast called smartless with uh sean hayes who was on will and grace will arnett who oh, was yeah. on arrested development oh, yeah, yeah. jason bateman mm-hmm. from any number of, of movies they're all friends and they each go through their showbiz kind of address book and bring on a, a guest each week so one of them will bring on a guest that the other two don't know is going to be there this week mm-hmm. it was george clooney and it's just very very enjoyable funny and the half of it is the the, the repartee between the three of them and the other half yeah. is with their guests it's just great really good right yeah, so okay really, smartless yeah. i must start listening to yeah, that it's yeah very good. that sounds really good what about great. you I, I start yeah well i watched that show uh, to be honest i've been watching a lot of things at the moment that have just been okay um i watched that show the serpent uh, and i finished it yeah. and do you, you i started it but i didn't go to it well, yeah like it, it's it's quite good and, and the actress who's in it is english and she's playing a french yeah. canadian woman in it and i thought she was great and yeah and it's, it's set in the 70s in asia and it's it's about that this man this couple who apparently killed a couple of backpackers yeah. when they were over there well maybe like 10 yeah. or something poisoned them stole all their money and uh, you know I, I particularly like shows that are set in the 70s yeah, I just too, think yeah. they always look very stylish and the music is always great and all that so in that way it's quite good a little bit like it's a sin again it wasn't over the top but every so often there's something about it that just doesn't feel real mm. even though it's based yeah, on a true yeah, story yeah. so like, I'll probably maybe give it like a, a 6 or a 7 out of 10 mm. maybe but that, that you know it's worth it's worth the watch okay. and I would like to start watching that show we were talking about earlier on called The Terror, even though I thought it was a brand new thing, but apparently there has it's been a season. about four years before, old, I think, at this stage. Okay, Maybe, right. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe the new season has just come out now or something. Uh, unless there's a third one. I know they did a f- the first and second were only about a year or two apart, and I think the second series was maybe two years ago. So unless a, a third okay. one has just come out, I don't know. Why did that? It's, yeah, it definitely uh, popped up on my social media. Yeah. Brand new show. Well, maybe, maybe it is. Season people, three has come out. Has you people, know? This one's on a ship. I think this one might be set in a That's ship. That's the first or something. season. Okay, yeah. right, yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna look that up. And the other thing I've been watching a lot of lately, I'm not sure if I was telling you, is I've been watching a lot of BBC Horizon shows. Oh, okay, I've, yeah, I've yeah. never, I haven't, I've never seen yeah. them before. And uh, I've just been kind of watching, re-watching ones from years ago. And uh, they're great. They're kind of like the Darren Brown. It's different to the Darren Brown thing. They obviously go a lot more into detail with the science, but they're just really well made. It's very like, and what I like about them is, you never know whether the episode is the episodes are all so different they have science and then they might have one about history and then they might uh, have a different one that's kind of more um, got to do with health and that and they're very uh, hit and miss some of them can be are absolutely okay. amazing and usually the science ones are very good especially the American ones yeah. and then they obviously have different crews for each for each um, episode as well mm-hmm. and uh, yeah they're great okay. so I've been watching a lot of a lot of those type of shows at the moment cool. I would check that out so I would recommend and that the last yeah. thing I would recommend is it's One Division. If you haven't seen One Division, the Marvel TV show, it's okay, very no, good, very ambitious, that. very interesting, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, okay. But yeah, that's it. That's what. There's all my okay. recommendations. So yeah, God knows what we're going to do next time, but we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah. God, I thought that was a short one, but I actually no, think we just and, talked for nearly ages an hour and 20 there. Minutes. Oh, uh, oh right. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> okay. All right. So all we'll, right, we'll, we'll 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 do it again. Who knows when? Soon, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Our usual <laughs> yeah. professional schedule of these things for yeah. you. All yeah. right. Yeah, until, until then. Until then. Bye. 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 <laughs> okay.